Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. When Can I Quit My Job? Episode 4. Hello and welcome once again to uh, When Can I Quit My Job with my lovely wife, Liz. Yep, hi, I'm here. <laughs> I knew it. I could see you over there. Yeah. Um, so today I want to talk about, well, actually I was thinking about our first episode and I was realizing what we covered there is answers a couple questions. It's, we answered how and we answered what, but we didn't answer maybe the most important thing, uh, which ties in today's episode, which is why. Why so, we do what we do? Yeah. Well, first off, oh. why are we doing this podcast? So... We, we told people we told people what the podcast is and we told them how we're doing what we're doing but I don't know if I was clear enough about why we're doing it well why don't you review that okay <laughs> what, what a great idea yeah so the why for me is so we are husband and wife in our younger years you know I'm I'll be 40 before too long but um, Liz is younger than I am, um, but big birthday this year. <laughs> big actually. birthday this year. Yep. Scary one coming up, but <laughs> so we don't have friends who are doing exactly what we're doing. So we do have friends who are entrepreneurs or right their own business, but They're, yeah, different. Yeah, things. they our friends. We have close friends who have uh, dropped out of. Corporate life, none of them were really corporate anyway. They uh, one, one uh, Terry worked at uh, a, a factory basically, more or less, and he quit to sell. Uh, he has a tool truck, so he he has a route, so he works for himself now. And then my friend Dave, uh, David, he worked for FedEx, so doing something really similar to what I do, um, and he quit his job and also did a franchise uh, it's for home inspections and they're both pretty successful at it they've both been doing it for maybe around two years give or take for each one of them and what they've done differently from what I want to do is they've created a new full-time job for themselves which isn't our end goal with what we're doing now so we don't want to just quit and not do anything at all that's not the point but the point also is not to give ourselves 60 hours of work so we can quit our job because that's kind of self-defeating in my opinion so we have entrepreneurial friends but we don't have friends who just want to quit their job and take control of their lives it's we or can't... at least enough that they're taking steps towards it right I, mean, I feel like everybody does want that maybe that's true that's true but no one's doing it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're trying to do anyway. And so maybe it's hard to find people like that to throw ideas off of and stuff like that. And I wish we had people to talk to like that. So one, this is a way that maybe we can meet people who listen to this who are like us. And two, we can act as your surrogate couple friend who is doing it. So... We might not directly be able to answer every single question you have, but hopefully we'll hit on the topics that maybe are going through your mind because it's what's going through our mind in this early stage 
when we're not where we want to be yet, but we're taking steps. So I don't think I articulated that clearly in the first episode. You brought it up, but never hurts to reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was to be the in-progress people sharing. Like, we are not the experts yet telling you how to do it because we know already. We're struggling right. and we're sharing the struggles all right. the way. Right. That part of it, yeah, I did explain, but not us being your couple friend who is also doing the same thing with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's something I don't think I really explained very well. But And so that kind of ties into today's episode because we are newbies to this kind of... I mean, we've been working on our business for a year and we've done little tiny mini businesses here and there that were, we never stuck to and never were successful. But we want you to know today that something that I don't get from listening to other entrepreneurial podcasts, that anyone can do it. So taking us as an example, today we're going to share our failures and shortcomings and, and just basically proof that anyone can do it. Yeah. Um, can I interject? Please. Okay, I was going to just put out there that we try to operate with a very abundance mindset and I know that's something I'll get into later later, but just that when we say anyone can do it it's it's kind of it goes along with that like right and when I say everyone for everybody to be successful right at it so yeah I just wanted to plant that seed a tiny bit that that's also why we think anybody can do it yeah and when I say anyone can do it, I really mean everyone can do it. That's that's that mindset. So oh, yes. everyone can do it at the same time if everybody really wanted to. Yes. And everyone would grow wealthier at the same time. It's exponential. Yeah. So. And that's also, I think, why we want to be so open about it because we don't really have anything to hide. We're not trying to hide anything like secrets so that people can't be successful at it. Right. Um, one of the nice things about this business is so far everyone has been really straightforward and open about how to do it not really secretive yeah you can pretty much find absolutely you need um and there's not negative competition right a better word for it yeah um it's not cutthroat right at all yeah yeah so that's why we're more than willing to share through this podcast right yeah, and, and yeah, in this business, I mean, there's a lot of hurdles. Mostly they're just annoying and tedious, but hurdles nonetheless that there's so many of them that people run into and gives people an excuse to quit at so many different times that even to get where we are is probably pretty rare. And as I said before, you know, we're not that deep, <laughs> you know. We've we bought 10 and well, we had a good week, though. We had a good week this week. I guess I can give it a little update. Uh, we sold one. So in the last week, we sold one. And I've got two more. I think we're selling for cash. I'm basically just waiting for the check. Um, so that's nice. And then I've got lined up seven more properties I'm buying. I bought one from a guy that used to do this and doesn't do it anymore. So I bought them from him for cheap, cheaper than he bought them for. And so we'll be stocking back up. 
and ready to keep rolling. But yeah, so um, yeah, we're we're gonna be talking though about how we got to this point, like yes. roadblocks. So maybe things like even the gentleman you're buying the property from, who right. no longer is doing this, maybe he's encountered such similar. Maybe he's one of those casualties. Yeah. So where do you want to start? So on that? I don't know. I guess we'll tell you where we were when we first started. Um, which isn't that far away from where we are now, but as we mentioned before, we both have college degrees, but neither of us are really using them in our careers. So we have fine arts degrees, uh, bachelors, which didn't really give us a leg up on anybody doing what we're doing. We don't make a ton of money. Like I said, I'm a mailman and Liz has had a couple of different careers and right now just is working retail. So we didn't have that much saved up Really, we I think that our starting capital that we used to invest in this was uh, like $16,000. And that was basically from our IRAs because I didn't believe in those anymore and I wanted money to be able to use. So didn't have high paying jobs. We didn't have that many resources at our disposal. And I didn't have any deep knowledge of real estate investing or even um, IBC, the infinite banking concept when I first started. But the the thing I did that most people don't is after I learned a little bit enough, I started, even though I didn't know everything. So I avoided analysis paralysis. Which... I wrote that down. Oh, you I did? I was hoping you are going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you... I think that is a big thing that yeah. people run into is they don't want to do anything wrong, so they don't do anything at all. Right. Great Great is the enemy of good. So do you think we have a, a pretty unique perspective as far as, I mean, when thinking about analysis paralysis, do you think we're different from most people? I think that, I think yes, but I don't know if that's just the entrepreneurial spirit that we kind of both have. And like, you've talked about us being lifelong learners, which I think mm-hmm. also goes into it and wanting to know more about everything to get things going. Right. So I, I mean, I think all of that helps to prevent analysis paralysis. You also are very focused. So I think when you start something, you you wanna see it through. So I kind of see mm-hmm. that as part of it, like not letting the analysis get in the way because you're kind of hyper-focused into it. And yeah. because of your, your why, that has overcome. So like how you said, a, what is it like a great enough why will overcome anyhow yeah is that right yep that's right so i think at this point in our lives we have a great enough why the why we're doing it Mm -hmm. and the drive to overcome the how so that the little things haven't really stopped us from just getting stuff done just keeping taking steps forward failing forward that's the other thing Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if we talked about that No, I don't think we have yet. But, I mean, you might as well do it and fail fast and move on to the next thing. Right. So I think part of it's been listening, like you listening to different inspiring successful people and then getting that kind of verbiage in your head. Oh, yeah. So that we can move forward with things. Yeah. Perspective is everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I agree with everything you said. And so, yeah, and there's another a book I haven't been able to find even, but just even the title says so much. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim. And um, yeah, it's really, you about that. I yeah, it's about, it's about just doing it. Like, you know enough to start, so start. And then if you mess up, you can adjust later, um, which is what we're doing. Like, when we bought 
all this property. We bought it for too much. So we, we're keeping buying it and we're buying it for cheaper now because we learned that. So just because we didn't have our analysis exactly correct, you know, isn't a reason not to start. So, and that's kind of our approach towards everything. You know, we, we started, when we started the letter we mailed out was different than it is now. And we learned a better way to phrase things along the way. And when we, we started, we, well, go sure, ahead, you're yeah, going to say something. I was going to say something. So we mentioned going to what we call boot camps, which are like conferences and networking events about the land business that we're doing and then through that have made really great connections that you've stayed in contact with and I think even seeing some of them and talking to them has helped a ton because absolutely yeah you can see people who were all about almost like talking a big talk but then they weren't actually doing anything right so it was it became really obvious pretty quickly just from who you're talking to that like oh okay these people they're talking a lot but they're just not doing anything yeah you they, find out when when you're when you're talking every week or every other week with a group of people holding each other accountable and saying what you do you pretty quickly figure out who's the real deal and who isn't yeah and so the ones who are the real deal then all of a sudden you're hearing what they're doing and just the fact that they're doing the steps and being consistent and then getting returns on it it's like wow okay yeah like yeah. They can do it, and they also don't seem extraordinary other than the fact that they're being consistent and... Showing just, up. Yeah, just doing it. So there's a there's a saying. You got so many sayings today. You do. Full of sayings. <laughs> there's a... Sunday sayings. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there's a saying that I've heard a lot uh, for football, and it has to do with injury-prone people, and it says the best, or the best ability is availability. And I think that applies to what we do as well. So show just showing up. There's another saying. <laughs> like <laughs> I think it's something like 90% of everything is showing up and that's what we've yeah. been doing. So and even we have broken the cardinal rule um, for a while when Liz first started looking for jobs and our income wasn't what we were used to for all of our investment strategies strategies and everything like that. We stopped mailing out letters to purchase new land and that's like a big faux pas in our in our industry. It's no matter what you do you never stop mailing. But we did for a yeah. while. Yeah, so we're going to see how that comes through, I guess, in the workflow because we just started mm -hmm. emailing um, in December, I think, consistently. Yeah, two so, or three weeks ago. Yeah, I guess, well, yeah. It was before New Year's. Okay, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, we just picked that up again. Uh, we had gone a couple months without mailing out our offers and so we've already got an offer back so that's nice yeah. and it's at our new adjusted price because our original price was too much and called back right away he's ready to sell it to us i think we're ready to buy it especially if we get some of these cash from these pieces of land that we're selling so yeah i think also not being as timely so on the flip side when we're both working full-time i think it can be hard like you said to show up because you're working a full-time job and then you have to come home and work more which can be interacting with a lot of people. Um, I know mm -hmm. for me it can be hard. Like, I'll drag my feet, as you yeah. know, mm -hmm. to just call somebody back. And so sometimes I think in the past that's been hard and even harder when we've been busier with work. Right. So I know for me that's something where I don't know if it's like a past failure, but I mean, yeah, I guess you could call it that. It's just us not always being on top of it all the time because we're not we're not perfect right yeah and yeah and that happens to me a lot too there's there's lots of 
tedious stuff that eventually we'll have other people doing for us, uh, virtual assistants. But for the right now, most of the stuff we do ourselves and a lot of it's tedious and not that fun, kind of boring, but you know, I, I'll skip it sometimes too. Um, I try to hold myself accountable as much as I can and follow through and, and get things done when they need to be done and not, especially not if someone's inter- trying to interact with you, just ignoring them because that's one of the worst things we can do for our business. But uh, you just gotta drag yourself through it sometimes. And everybody always says that rich people, and you know, our goal goal is eventually to be rich or what we consider to be rich. You know, I'm not gonna try to be a billionaire or something, but rich people do the things that everybody else isn't willing to do. And so that's kind of what we've been doing. And you know, it gives us less time together sometimes or less quality time together. And you know, it's hard to come home after working a long day and tell yourself, okay, it's time to go to work. You know, that's hard sometimes. Even though if work is just going on Facebook and answering messages, it's still I'd rather sit down and watch TV or have a beer. So going back to boot camp and networking and things like that, I remember when we went to our first boot camp and this was right before we first started mailing out letters to everybody. And I felt so, like I lacked so much knowledge about anything. Uh, and that's it's overwhelming. Yeah. I feel very overwhelming. And that's when we met Alan. Um, and he was kind of further along and just anything I asked him, he knew the answer to. And I just, you know, I thought he was so far ahead and you know, it was, but it was great just to see someone who had done it. And, and then he was one of the ones that we uh, ended up networking with and being in, on calls with. And I remember just feeling like Junior in the room who always had questions and never had answers. And I feel like if it were today and we were to start a new networking call on a regular basis, I feel like maybe at this point I would be where Alan was when we started. Uh, so I've grown quite a bit, I think, but I also am still friends with Alan and I'm also friends with a guy named Jason and a guy named Trevor, who I feel like they're always ahead of where I am, but that's not important because I'm still growing and I am at a place personally, I think we are, and I think Liz maybe feels the way I have felt a lot. I don't know. How do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, well, I mean, just the other day, we were talking about boot camps and how I feel like if we were to go to a third one, mm-hmm. we would be like how Alan was to us. Right, like, yeah. I feel like we're right. there. I mean, even when we went to our second boot camp, I remember thinking, like, we had so many answers Right. some of these people who it was their first time. Right. And when we went to lunch, we were the one answering questions instead of asking questions. Yeah. It was kind of different feeling. It was. It was... It was great because I think it gave us some more confidence. But then at the same time, we went there because we we felt like we still needed answers. So it yeah. was almost like we didn't have anybody else to network with at that particular one. But it's it's a great confidence boost to see how far we got in just a couple short months. Right. And then, yeah, now I feel if we went. I had told you that you could easily be one of the people they bring up to talk about. Like, so what happens is they'll, because it's a pretty small niche group, I think they kind of start to get familiar with the faces and names. And I I Mm -hmm. think, I mean, I could be wrong, but if we went, we'd probably be somewhat recognizable to them. And so what they'll do is they'll bring up people for certain like question answer sessions who have a little bit more experience. And I feel like you could be one of those people. I mean, I probably couldn't personally but like yeah i mean you definitely could because they didn't always have all the answers or they weren't always 
like the people that they brought up to sit on the Q&A panel. Right. They just talked from experience that I think is similar to what we have now. Yeah. That's probably true. So yeah, when we came in, I don't know, we didn't we didn't have any specialty knowledge. And like I said, we can talk to any person who's not in this industry and probably just sound like the experts, like hands down on, on any subject. But if we get in a room with people who do this for a living, we're probably at the lower end, I'd say. I mean, because I learned it from a guy who's done it for 18 years and, you know, mm-hmm. and surrounded by people making millions of dollars a year doing this. So yeah. Um, yeah. So we're very new to it still. Sure, um, sure. I think one of the things, I don't know if you want to touch on that on it in this podcast, but something we are really new to and haven't utilized as much yet are virtual assistants. That's yeah. a whole That's... separate piece to the puzzle that they use yeah very regularly and very yeah. streamlined yep i um, yeah i use mine pretty sporadically so i still use vas to do my property research to find out if a, a property has a clean title it has no liens against it and stuff like that and that's cost seven bucks and um i use i just used a va actually to help me set up our webpage for this podcast so that's Looks like it's going to be up and running here soon. And um, So do you look at that as an indicator, though, that we're not moving fast enough? Like, do you feel like mm. they were using VAs so early on? Like, we don't, so we don't mail anymore, like, manually. It's not the same as a VA, but that's right. something we've... It's outsourced. Outsourced. Yes. Yeah, so... So we've got that. We had VAs scrub our lists for us. So the letters we're sending out are pre scrubbed by VAs. Um, I doubt anybody has any context. Oh, when yeah. When you say pre-scrubbed. Yeah. So basically... No suds or <laughs> <laughs> so... We, we got a VA to, they wrote a program to go on a website to get us a list of all these names of people. And then once we have the people, actually we might have scrubbed these ourselves. So it basically means eliminate ones that we're not gonna mail to. So like if it belongs to a company or the government, we'll take that out. If it's worth too much money, we'll take that out. And that's that's scrubbing the list. Yeah, you're just, you're basically shrinking the list down to the people you're actually going to mail to. That's scrubbing. And that's something that we probably won't do anymore unless it's easy enough for us to do. If it's in an Excel file, it's pretty easy to do yourself and doesn't take much time. So yeah, that's something you do the VAs. But I mean, these professional, like the people at the next level, they have, they have sales managers and people answering phone calls for them and stuff like that. And you know, we don't do that yet. Maybe in the next year or two, because we, another point, I guess I don't, I don't know if I've touched on very much with this business is how scalable it is uh, especially if you're utilizing the VAs correctly but for us it's easy to scale since we're starting with cheap properties all we really have to do to scale up as far as what we're bringing in is start targeting a little bit more expensive properties even if we have the same amount of sales even if we only sell two a month you know if we can make six thousand dollars profit on them that's all we really need to do so that's the easiest way to scale is just start targeting more expensive land and that doesn't take any more effort so in fact it takes less effort because you deal with less i mean people more likely to pay you when they're when they pay a three thousand dollar down payment there's less chance they're going to skip out on their contract so yeah. um it would actually requires less less effort it just requires a little more money which uh, hopefully we're starting to build up now so yeah so was there anything else about the past year over a year that we maybe weren't spot on <laughs> oh plenty yeah. i mean yeah well i don't even know where to 
So, okay, yeah, we missed our prices. We, I don't know, what all did we mess up on? I missed would We offered too much money. To purchase them. Correct. So we bought too high. Uh-huh. Oh, I I was reading the maps wrong. Uh, I thought some of my properties had dirt roads, and they didn't, because there's, uh, the maps I look at have the lines where the roads should be, and I just assumed that there was a road there without zooming in it or paying enough attention to see that there's brush know. and stuff on those. If I knew that. So, yeah, I thought some of our properties had good dirt road access when they don't really, just because they have the lines where the road should be on the maps. I'm pretty sure I've sent a deed for someone to sign that had the wrong county on it. I I created paperwork in, a, in our doing business as, which may or may not hold up as, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't mention this on our very popular podcast, but uh, may or may not hold up legally. But, I mean, that could be an easy fix, probably. Right? Well, I think as long as the, the buyer isn't contentious yeah. of the purchase, which, you know, I try not to have that go happen anyway. But basically, it's good to get those ones sold and, and not do that anymore, just in case it is not legal. Um, <laughs> what else have we done wrong? I don't know. Well, I it wasn't maybe that we did it wrong, but I do remember for our taxes last year working with a company. Oh, and yeah. We were just hit with a really big bill that we weren't expecting, yeah. which that hurt. But it wasn't yeah. like it was more annoying and you know being new business was, owners. Yeah, we've never done business taxes for an LLC before, and yeah, so our personal taxes we usually either do ourselves on TurboTax or something like that, pay thirty bucks or something, and. Or we had our um, insurance company do it for us before, and I think they did that free of charge. Or I've never paid more than maybe a hundred bucks, and we got a bill for like seven hundred and some dollars, something like that. And you know, not a lot of money, but like I said, we don't make that much money, right. so it's a I big mean, shock more we'll than buy, anything. We'll buy a property and try and sell it for. I mean, at yeah. that price point, that's like buying a property for us. Right. I mean. Yeah. So I actually, I actually emailed the person who prepared my taxes and said, Hey, look, I was thinking about not paying these, but I don't want to do that because she hadn't discussed the price with me beforehand. And, you know, I asked her, I, I told her I didn't think it was a good practice the way, you know, she didn't ever mention price. And I know it's partially my responsibility for not asking, but I basically negotiated with her and said, Hey, look, I'll pay you what you think is fair, but this is how I view it as a customer. And you kind of uh, took me off guard a little bit. And so she, she did offer us like a $200 discount or something like that, which was commendable of her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, I feel like a little bit of a learning experience. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, probably a simple one, but at the same time. So we do plenty of stuff wrong and we pay for tax service. <laughs> you pay way too much. Yeah. But I mean, the point is that, you know, even how unknowledgeable we were when we started that we still started and that's the only way we got where we are now like those mistakes that we made are the only way we know not to make those mistakes now and that's the only way we grow as a company it's the only way we grow as individuals is by making those mistakes and learning from them and moving forward and that's the only way we're going to get to our goal is if we continue to challenge ourselves at the risk of failure so we can learn more and grow as as people and as a business and it's the only way to get there. So, I mean... Oh, I know something. I yeah. know for... Sorry, it just occurred to me. Yeah. So, we've talked about how we use free means of advertising for our properties when mm. we're trying to sell them. Mm -hmm. So, one of them is Craigslist. Yeah. And I remember for a long time, we were putting ads, Craigslist ads out, and we found out we weren't doing it 
correctly. Oh, yeah. And so that was a mm-hmm. That was a small one, but it was like, I mean, you almost don't even know that there's a right or wrong way. But yeah. all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we need to be posting this as like real estate. Instead of, and, yeah, and, instead of just like a, a yeah, an item. I, yeah, because I think we were just doing it as an item right for sale and there's a specific way you can you can do it so you can actually select land as an right option. So and another big one. deal another big deal is that we we try to build an email list and you don't get people's emails if you list it the wrong way so once we learned to list it the right way then we could when someone responded to us we would have access to their email which means we can put them on our list and in the future you know send them a, an email if we have a deal or you know, we send out little weekly things, just kind of like little interesting tidbits about land kind of thing. Just that's another thing. Uh, I had no idea what to mail people. I just know you're supposed to mail them every week. So I went on, I found a VA as, as, and I just said, hey, just write me 52 fun facts or interesting things about land. Yeah. Um, just so we can keep in contact with our email list. And that's still what we're using right now. So yeah, because it hasn't, we haven't gone through all of them yet. Yeah. So, so I mean, Really, we should be, I should be probably taking, you know, 20 minutes a week to write something by myself, like, that's more interesting, but... Well, at this point, we'll get there. We'll get there, yeah. yeah. It's but good we're, enough. We're touching base. Yeah, we're just doing it. Yeah. The other thing I thought of was Facebook. So that is another place that we advertise property, and at first, we did, like, okay, oh. so we have a Facebook page, and it was like, we thought, oh, we'll post to our Facebook page, I think, is what you thought. And then it was mm-hmm. like... No, I don't think I did that. I think I think if you were to look back, like way back, you would see that you posted about our property for sale on our, my, or on your personal page, maybe? I don't know. I might have done that to just to get well, then attention. Was, then it was to create groups. We thought it right. was groups. Mm-hmm. And it was all about like, which you actually have a pretty nice sized group. I right do, now. yeah. I made um, my own group. Yeah. What is that called? It's called Buy and Sell Vacant Land. Yeah. So then, so we thought that was how people were buying and selling property. Mm-hmm. And you did that for a while. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, crap. It's the marketplace. It's the marketplace. On Facebook. So that yep. was also learning. Like, we went a while. Months. Like, without touching the marketplace on yep. Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that was something that. And that's probably. Moment. Yeah, that's probably how I've gotten almost all my sales is through yeah. the marketplace. Yeah. So, I mean. A lot of people still swear by the groups and get a lot of their sales that way, but it hasn't worked out that way for me. Yeah. But. We still do it. I mean, it still, still do happens. it, sure. That's, and that's why we still do Craigslist. I mean, mm-hmm. we've—I don't know if we've sold anything through Craigslist. Or we have email. not. No. Yeah. But we've kind of just been told that you take advantage of the free mm-hmm. things out there, the free services. It's quick. Yeah, and you just do it, and I mean, you do your system. Craigslist ads in like ten minutes or something, right? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> nothing fancy. Again, like mm-hmm. we. We could jazz them up, I'm sure, and eventually that'd be nice, and we'd probably get some more traffic. But yeah, we just we have ads out there. Yep, that's Floating. an important thing. Yep. <laughs> I mean, to me. Yeah. But yeah, so those were some things as far as the learning curve for posting yeah. ads for Craigslist and Facebook that we had to go through, where we kind of we just didn't know we weren't using it to the fullest. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it was a big game changer, really. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we're still messing up, but at least we're still doing it and it's starting to make some progress for us. And uh, we might, it's looking hopeful that we might hit our goal this month of four properties sold. 
uh, which would be a record for us since technically we sold four properties last year. Uh, would be a good start. For... <laughs> we beat our year in the first month. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, we can look back on it and be so proud. But yeah, so I mean, I guess our point here is that we were no prodigies in any industry when, when we started here. You know, we didn't have any special leg up on, on anything that anybody else has. But, you know, we decided on a strategy that we wanted to move forward with. Um, your strategy might, might be something different. Maybe you do want to do container ships or ATM machines or something else, you know, whatever it may be. But the point is to do it. I mean, start, you know, get started, take your lumps, fail, learn some lessons, keep doing it and keep getting better. You have anything else? No, I mean, I think we'll probably continue to share different things that we've learned from this is by no means the only episode that right is going to be sharing our failures sure um, so i and i look forward to that like i think it's it can be really fun actually to share the funny stories of, mm-hmm. of the mess ups along the way i love that when we go to boot camp like i love yeah. hearing about the funny things that they'll have accidentally done yeah. And then, but that it turned out fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I hope that we can do that. I'm, I'm sure we will. We're definitely not our uh, perfect selves yet. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, so I guess I should now say to, uh, to go check out our page, uh, when can I quit my job show.com. Uh, we've got ways to support us there, including Patreon. Um, if you want to not spend anything extra and still support us, you can click our Amazon link on there and buy anything you get through Amazon for us or uh, <laughs> through our link. Yeah, you shop as you normally would. Just yeah, just click on our link first. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. <laughs> yeah. All right.